on this feast of the holy name, uh, let's remember the name given to the child, Jesus. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. I had a dream five mornings ago, early Tuesday morning. I, I don't usually, I haven't lately gotten God dreams, but it just sort of, there it was. I was on a sidewalk in a seaside city, taking a little air, taking a little walk. I saw the beach, figured out how to get down to the beach, and there I saw a little girl. She was all alone, maybe eight years old. She was contentedly playing in the sand. We started a little conversation. I told her I was leading a retreat, of course, <laughs> in that building over there and told her what the retreat was about having an idea of something beautiful and making it real. She looked up at me and she said, oh, that sounds wonderful. And then she sighed. If she could make something real, she said, she'd make a beautiful city filled with lots of buildings and windows and lively, happy people. It would be a city of life, full of life and joy. I pulled out a pencil and some scrap paper from my pocket and encouraged her to well, just draw your idea for me. Her drawing was amazing. It was like an adult gifted prodigy sort of drawing. And yet, it had a childlike purity about it. I said, goodbye, nice to meet you, and returned to the retreat. Later that afternoon, in a hallway in the retreat building, I saw her. She shyly came up to me and showed me a thin stack of shrink-wrapped money, which a lady on the beach who'd overheard and seen the drawing, overheard the conversation and seen the drawing, had handed to her. With this packet of money, maybe she'd be able to get some materials to begin making her city a reality. Getting the shrink wrap off was easy. Separating the bills out one from another was nearly impossible. When we started separating out the bills from one from another, I, Wendy the dream person, started crying. In my bed, I started crying at the beauty of what I was seeing, the beauty that a complete stranger would enable the pure, innocent little child to start a project and make it real, given that it was so beautiful. The child and I started pulling about out fives and tens, and we kept peeling and peeling, and then suddenly 20 started coming out. The unconditional generosity of the lady on the beach seemed limitless. We just kept peeling and more and more was there. Her provision clearly was enough to, for the child to begin to make real the city that she'd shown me in her astonishing drawing that morning. So when you get a dream, and it's clearly from God because it's not like any other dreams you have because you don't cry in your sleep and you don't remember them vividly, I pray, you pray about it. And so I asked God, so what is going on in this dream? 
And suddenly in the haze of early morning last Tuesday, I realized, oh my gosh, this is what God did. He had a vision of a good and beautiful world filled with life. He wanted to create a beautiful earth with lively, happy people. And to move his idea from thought to reality, he had the resources of Jesus right in the Trinity through whom all things would be made. And the Holy Spirit, who was sort of like the lady with all the money, who would breathe the life of the breath life of the Spirit into the people to have them be lively and happy. Through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God took his beautiful idea and he made it real. He created an earth with lively, happy people. So we want that to be the end of the story, don't we? A lively, fecund earth with happy, innocent stewards. Alas, as our kids and the kids' ministry have been learning week after week, the lively, happy people fell out of sync with God, let's just say, and got kicked out of the idyllic garden. And since then, humans have been up and down with God. So Jesus himself, 2,000 years ago, had to come to earth. Once there, he'd need a name, an identity, a purpose. And I started wondering why of all the names that God could have wanted this baby to be named, was he to be called Jesus? Jesus means God saves. I mean, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Isaiah set us up to expect wonderful counselor as the name for God's son. John set it up for light of the world, a personal favorite. Peter called him precious cornerstone. Paul called him Lord of all. The children in the back right now are sorting through coloring pages that are pretty intricate with 40 marvelous different names for Jesus. But God told Mary in no uncertain terms to name her baby Jesus, God saves. In our world today, God saves can confuse and even alienate people. I'll never forget a story of an older woman friend of mine from years ago. She was in, um, she was in West Germany in the late 60s. My friend Jenny had been working in Switzerland at a place called Labrie. Labrie uh, was a place where two people from the United States had a Swiss chalet and they opened it up to curious visitors who wanted to talk about faith. So anyway, Jenny, who'd been working there, was in Berlin on a low-budget, quick mini-vacation from her work at Labrie. And she was sitting on a fire escape because it was a hot summer night. And on the fire escape landing just above her was a Jewish woman, an old Jewish woman. And the old Jewish woman eventually said, so what do you, how do you make a living? And Jenny told her about Labrie. And, um, and then eventually she told her about Jesus. And the woman said, I don't want some dead man hanging on a cross for me. Apparently, she was fine. She was just fine. She had survived the Nazis. And she certainly did not identify with being a sinner mired in darkness of the world, 
desperately in need of saving. That was not her identity. And many of us sense that if we were to tell anyone about Jesus, they might say the same thing that this lady said, I'm fine, or as we say in my family, finey, fine, fine, I'm just fine. So what was God thinking, giving Jesus a name that means God saves, and people like push back on, I don't need saving. Well, it all ties back to God's vision and the dream that he gave me to grasp it more fully. Somehow earth, wounded and troubled, is meant to be different. Like the little girl in my dream, God had a vision for a beautiful city filled with lively, joyful people. And he has an ultimate city, the new Jerusalem, that he wants all of us to be there with him. A city of love and holiness. And to pull that off, we actually do need Jesus who saves. Now, before you start, or any of you that are sort of on the fence thinking about Jesus, start thinking, I don't need anyone dying on a cross for me. Come with me into a little imagination exercise. Picture yourself in a hot air balloon. You got all these sandbags around your feet, and you want to go higher. You want to go higher into the rarefied air of the holy. But To go higher, you need to throw out the sandbags, right? That's how hot air balloons work. So if I were in the balloon, I don't know what's in your imagination, what your sandbags are labeled, but there's a book called Respectable Sins, people that seem like they're just fine. We're not blatant sinners. We don't murder people or steal. Well, there's a whole list of other things like pride, selfishness, impatience, irritability, anger, judgmentalism, gossip, attachment and preoccupation with the current world. The list could go on, but I'm sure my sandbags would have lots of those labels on them. I don't know what yours would be labeled. But I do know that probably in every single life here, we have bags that need to be thrown out of the basket so that we can go higher. And God wants to replace those sandbags that weigh us down with his divine attributes. He has a list too. It's not anger and irritability and patience and everything. It's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the list of the fruits of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in James. This vision of God's in the same vein as the vision of the happy city which the little girl on the beach had, cannot happen without a savior. We actually do need saving. And Jesus is uniquely the one to do that saving. In the early days of the church with wisdom and insight from the Holy Spirit, Paul the apostle wrote, There is no salvation in anyone else, for there is no other name given under heaven among humankind by which we must be saved. So the rubber hits the road when we ask ourselves this question, 
do I believe I need saving? Or am I just fine? Finey, fine, fine. When I was growing up, I certainly did not think I needed saving. I was not a sinner in need of saving. Everything I'd done wrong, and there was quite a list, was a consequence of a childhood that had a lot of sadness in it. So I was a victim, not a sinner, just doing the best I could to squash the pain. Other people disqualify themselves from even thinking about being saved because they feel they're unworthy. The husband of an older woman I knew, a very faithful congregant at another church, uh, told me that while he supported his wife's Christian beliefs, regarding himself, he said, well, God wouldn't want an old coot like me. Old coot, someone unworthy of being saved, was his label for himself. Others of us, like the Jewish woman on the fire escape in Berlin, think of ourselves as feisty, self-sufficient survivors who don't need anything, thank you very much. The identity, the name we give ourselves, matters. The name God gave Jesus matters and is, in fact, a message to us. Jesus Yahweh saves. Yahweh, I am eternally unbounded by time. I am saves. Saves you, saves me, and everyone who turns to him. There have been a lot of messages and images in this little homily the gifted girl on the beach, God with an idea, the generous lady, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the hot air balloon, the sandbags, victim, sinner, survivor, someone not worth saving. Who are you right now? Who do you want to be? Let's pray. Eternal Father, who gave to your incarnate Son the holy name of Jesus to be the sign of our salvation, plant in every heart, we pray, the love of him who is the Savior of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen.